to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Good morning, everyone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was late. I'm humming. For some reason, I'm in a humming mood. Uh, woo. Good morning. You're lucky you figured out how to use the internet. That's good. Anybody else uh, addicted to uh, nicotine, but in mint form? (laughs) It's pretty interesting. Life is kind of interesting. Um... Right. Oh, lots to think about. I think today's going to be more of a monologue than my than a talk. Um, I've got a lot going on in my head. Um, do, 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 do. Did I say caffeine? I meant nicotine, but caffeine's good too. Hey, Derek, what's happening? Hey, Jim, what's happening? Roberta, what's happening? Saying hello to all the people who are popping up on the Facebook. So I was thinking about trying to get old Petey Rollins on the old uh, service here. I was thinking that would be good. Um, do, 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 do. Um, old Petey Rollins to come talk to us because they're getting, he's getting ready to do wake. Online, uh, online wake. So it's going to be Bel. You're going to be in Belfast, but through the power of the internet, and um, and it's going to be really cool. I know what he's setting up because we talk a lot about it, and uh, I think you guys should head over to. Um, I don't know what is Pete on Facebook. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he has a wake group and a. What's he called himself? The fire group, the uh, fire theology. Is that what it's called? Fire theology, pyro theology group. I'm sure he's he's got millions of ways for you to sign up to to wake. I mean, I think he's okay at doing advertising. Um, he's very humble when it comes to that type of thing. But yeah, I think you guys should go to wake. And uh, if I can go to wake this year, I'm going to try to do it. Um, but literally, like, I've been planning on going to Minnesota for, oh, my God, Minnesota. Sorry, i got a lot of things on my mind. Been planning on going to um, Belfast. I've canceled a few trips already, but if, it, if Americans can go and quarantine less than 10 days, I may go out 
to work with Pete on that and some other projects we're working on um, next month. But either way, you guys should definitely check out Wake. But I was thinking about having Pete on here and do one of his talks that will confuse us all, but you can also promote Wake. So let's see if we can get him maybe live, live from L.A. It's such a weird time to get guest speakers. You know, we've had some incredible guest speakers, but, you know, such a weird time. So, oh, some of you might be saying, hey, where's, <laughs> yeah, it's like square fire. It is totally like square, square the fire or wake. No, I don't know what wake is. Wake is not to be confused with woke. Wake is like when you go to, you know, like a wake, like a funeral. So all these years and Pete Rollins career still hasn't died. What am I doing wrong? Um, just kidding. Um, yeah, so check that out. But anyway, I'm just blabbering around. We've got a lot of listeners this morning. Probably wondering where Caleb is. We had a, uh, communication malfunction this morning and, uh, missed each other. So we didn't see each other. So yeah, that's where Caleb is. We, Caleb's at home in his apartment. Um, so we missed miscommunication moment there. Um, but I'm sure he will be back next week. Um, yeah. So anyway, one of the things I was thinking about is politics and, and, uh, I was going to talk about today. I was going to talk about Hegel's concepts, a concept that Hegel has about Christ when Christ says he came to fulfill the law. But I, the thing about studying Hegel is, and, and trying to communicate that stuff is, is that it's just extremely difficult. And you really have to spend a lot of time on it. And I do, it's one of those things that you just definitely can't call in. You just can't call in anything that has to do with Hegel. It would be nice. I was listening to this podcast and this guy's like, oh, we're going to go through six weeks of Hegel. And he gets about three weeks through Hegel. And then the third or the fourth one, the fourth talk he gives is has nothing to do with Hegel. I can't figure it out. It's like nothing to do. And I'm like, maybe this is some weird Hegelian twist, you know, because understanding Hegel is nearly impossible. So I thought maybe he was tricking me. And then, uh, okay, so I just skipped it and went to the next week. Here, we'll get back on Hegel. No Hegel title. And then finally he goes, listen, guys, Hegel is really hard to study. And this guy's a philosopher. He says, so we're going to go back. We're going to go back. He's like, I've got to read Hegel again. I can't do this. You just can't call it in. And I was like, oh, you know, okay, that's interesting. But I I mean, I was, I I respected the guy. And then I was reading some stuff on, on Hegel's idea of Christ saying, I did not come to fulfill the law, but to... I mean, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fill it. And I, and I have a great concept on it, but I just don't know exactly how it lines up right. And it's hard to study Hegel and have, um, your five year old and three year old around. But we did have some really awesome water fights yesterday. Some really awesome. We got, we just, we went and got water guns and we were soaked to the bone and probably drove the whole neighborhood crazy with how loud we were. And uh, put warm water in the kids' water guns. Here's a parent hack for you. And cold water in mine. So if you really want to know how to have a proper water gun fight with your kids, then you get a warm water and they get cold water. 
So anyway, we had a blast. Um, but so I'm, I'm putting that talk on hold, maybe till next week. We'll see. Politics. I don't, I don't like them. Um, most of them, they're really troubling. Um, but honestly, I think I have a, the way Christians talk about politics is even worse. Like, I don't want to be a Christian political person. Um, <laughs> I swear I've never been excited about hearing, except for Martin Luther King and, um, and maybe a couple other people. I've never been really he- very excited about hearing any Christian talk about politics. And I didn't think that the left could be as annoying as the right, but man, they've done it. Um, we both are just annoying. And, um, when it comes to politics, this morning I, I opened up some, uh, uh, a book, a, a, a social media thing. And it was like, someone was saying, you know, they had something like, all cops are bad. And it was like a pastor. And I was like, how can you, you, how can you just say all these people are bad? You know, um, I got robbed once and the cops who came were all jerks to me after I got robbed. I didn't like it, but I was also know a lot of people who actually are. I almost, you know what? I almost became a police officer. That was going to be my job. I wanted to be a police officer for many, many years because I had security guards when I was a kid and a lot of them were ex-cops or wanted to be cops, want to be cops. <laughs> and, um, and I loved them. They were my family. And I wanted to go, one of, one of, one of there's a guy named Tommy Stamps who was, who was my bodyguard growing up who taught me how to throw a football. I'm not sport at all, but he did teach me and that was really cool. Tommy Stamps growing up. And, um, and Tommy Stamps became a police officer. Um, but he was like my dad. He was, he was like a dad to me. Um, he was there as much as my dad was, if not more, when I was a kid. And I really loved Tommy. And I mean, he was a complex person. Yeah. But, you know, um, he meant a lot to me. And, you know, so I can say that generalizing doesn't go anywhere, but it is easy. It does feel good. Um, but I just don't like generalizing people at all. Um, so I, I talked to a friend of mine this morning who's in Minnesota, and that's where I just moved from a few months ago in Minneapolis. And they were telling me how the streets, um, is, 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 is there's just armed police officers and armed soldiers all over, um, all over Minneapolis right now, especially near where I live and, um, the national guard. And there's all these curfews and a lot of good folks or, you know, who have to go to work and stuff are being arrested. Um, and, and, uh, And when I was there in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, and George Floyd was murdered, 
And we had a lot of social action, a lot of riots, as well as protests and just all sorts of different things. Some of my friends' businesses got looted. And unfortunately, when you call off the cops, insurance try not to pay you. But it was really bad. It was a bad situation. And this huge brand new apartment complex that was supposed to be affordable housing right next to my house got completely burnt down to the ground. I mean, my most the two closest post offices to me, this is still why I don't know half of what happened to Revolution Mail, because <laughs> that's where our PO box was. And then the next one it would get to move to, both got burnt down to the ground. It was awful. Um, but what I remember a lot of people saying is like, this is Trump's America. This is Trump's America, you know. And then I remember seeing Trump commercials that would say, like, this is going to be Biden's America. Well, Minnesota is is still in, like, a really bad place right now. Minneapolis is, in a, and I don't feel, like, really qualified to talk about it because I'm not there, but I was talking to somebody who I'm, I'm, I'm close to, and they were telling me about it, and they have to pull their kid out of school because of deliberations, because the jury is going into deliberations. And I guess what I want to say is, is that we are at a point where it's like scapegoating is getting us nowhere. This isn't Trump's America. This isn't Biden's America. This is America. And we've had these issues under Donald Trump. We had these issues under George Bush, George Bush Jr. We've had these issues forever. And we somehow think that our party or a particular president is going to come in and solve these issues. And to me, it's very naive for us to think this way. And the reason I'm saying this is because I feel like Christians, for some reason, and this is where I talk about, I talk about religion and Christianity, is that I feel like we grasp onto a political party as saviors and part of our identity, you know, and so a lot of us are like, no, I'm a liberal Christian, cool, bang, 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 you know, and it's like nothing's changing. You know, it's like, do you want a guy who's an idiot and sends the military in during the day? Or do you want a guy who's a little bit smarter and sends the military after the curfew so we don't see it on the news? You know what I mean? It's like, do we want, what do we want? You know, the fact is, is there's a lot of secrets going on. Also, I I will say this as I watched a, um, a movie about Edward Snowden. And then I watched a documentary on Netflix about social media. And then I watched a WikiLeaks thing. So. I'm a little paranoid right now. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I guess what I want to say is that I feel like I, I was thinking about this thing that Pete Rollins wrote where he said, um, he goes, when people ask me if I believe in God, I say, of course. I, I want to love my neighbor as myself. Of course I'm trying to love my enemy. Not let me prove to you that there's this magic God in the sky up here. But that, yes, I'm trying to love my neighbor. Yes, I try to love my enemy. This is how I express to the world that I believe in something greater than myself, is that I try to not scapegoat others. Um, this, is, this is an example of why I follow the way, as Christianity was originally called, you see, um, is that I try to love others well that I try not to scapegoat others. It was very important when Paul said there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free. You know, Paul was saying there's an issue with categories. Even, 
Even Dr. King, I, I was reading a quote from Dr. King that someone sent to me the other day, and Dr. King was saying, you know, I don't want white power. I don't want black power. Uh, you know, maybe we need to have poor power. When he was saying for the disenfranchised, it needs to be this idea that the, the poverty that has stricken us and that we've got to realize that we're in this together because the only people that it really makes progress for to keep us separated is the powers that be. Is it the powers that be to keep us separated and keep us focusing on all these things that we think might seem to be major, but focus on all these things that divide us rather than what can bring us together. And so um, I, that's why Dr. King helped start the Poor People's Campaign. And so I, I think about this and I think about like how we're so quick to find new saviors, even though we, we read in, in the Bible where it says, you know, have no other gods but me and, and um, you know, don't have idols. And then we'll talk about like, what's your idol? Is your idol your house? Is your idol your money? Is your idol, you know, no, is your idol your politics, your politicians, you know? Um, there's got to be a third way. And I, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a radical politi- political person right now. Um, but what I am trying to do is say that I think we got to think differently about Christianity. And I think we got to think differently about being identified with politics. You know, it's like, it's just the irony of seeing all this stuff happen now and watching like still, still watching like reporters are still being arrested People are still going to jail. I mean, it seems like it's actually getting worse in Minneapolis right now than it was even last time. You know, people are being pulled out of school now, not because of the virus, but because that because of because there's going to be more unrest, civil unrest there. And I understand the civil unrest. I don't. I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen. But what I'm trying to say is that it's like It's just funny to see how we say it. It's just funny to see how many people I were like, oh, this is Trump's, you know, how many Christians I saw say this is Trump's America, but now they're not saying this is Biden's America. And what I'm saying is, is we have to realize is that we are all very capable of hypocrisy. We're all very capable of judging others in the ways that we don't want to be judged. You know, we're all good at like kind of winking and playing the game and we don't realize it. You know, and I think we have to, one thing is I'm, I want us to do is in order to live life well is, you know, one of the reasons why I think grace is so important is you accept yourself as accepted. But by accepting yourself as accepted, there is growth there, but you're also able to look at your faults and your own hypocrisies and your own issues. And that's what I want to see is I want us to see a place where we can grow. You know, that's why I love revolution is because this community is a community of, is a diverse community of, of diverse thoughts. You know, I know a lot of you based on your different political views and different political ideas and your different thoughts. And some of you will reach out to me privately and think someone's dangerous or somebody else is dangerous. But the fact is, is you all still work together in the community to try to work those issues out. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's kind of the idea of community, right? Is that um, Steve Peterson just said, this is our America, it's everyone, everyone's America, not a certain, you know, certain presidents. But it's right, you know, and it's, and for us to experience grace, we have to be able to experience each other. But if we put these, like, 
I'm this type of Christian or I'm this type of political person or I'm this type of thinker. Um, so I won't speak to you or I won't talk to you or I won't reach out to you. Um, we miss the point. We miss the point of experiencing each other's humanity. And, um, and I miss, uh, there's a lot of people I miss, but I, I honestly, I, I, if you want to know what my struggle is, is seeing the hypocrisy of people in the party that I spent most of my life dedicated to, to seeing the hypocrisy of a lot of the people in, in the church, uh, on the left in the church right now, you know, um, try to sell another type of, of savior, you know, by pointing the fingers and judging others. It's really disappointing. I'm just disappointed by it. I just see it so much. And I just, all this, like this, like righteous signaling through politicians to me is just ironic, you know? It's like, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, and we do it so much by fear. Like if you don't, if we're not saved from this, you know, this politician will save us from this politician. But the, you know, and I know it's the lesser two evils. I get it. We're in a two-party system. It's not great. Um, but I would just hope there would be more of us holding people accountable in our own parties and our own groups and, and doing things like that, you know? Um, and I was watching Edward Snowden and I'm like, man, this guy's kind of a prophet. I mean, this guy's speaking truth and yet he can't come in back into this country and get a fair trial. You know, it's, we're led by fear. We're led by, you know, the guy exposed that we're all being, we were all being looked at and spied on, you know? And, um, And there's not a, there's not a, we don't have a place for a fair civil trial. You know what I mean? And, and that was mostly under Democrats, you know, the party that I subscribed to. So anyhow, I guess my hope is today is that maybe we honestly look at the Bible as something that develops us into a different type of human being, into a different type of, of person, um, where there is neither Republican or Democrat or Jew or Gentile or male or female. And we take that to heart and we try to build community through that, through those differences. And will that require us to be the bigger person? Yes. I mean, that's what's taking up your cross is all about. You know, I mean, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus wasn't just being forsaken by God or felt forsaken by God, but Jesus was being forsaken by his friends and by his family. I mean, there were a few people who stuck with him, but, you know, Peter, for example, you know, I don't know him. I don't know him, you know. Um, you know, I, I think when it says take up your cross, it's not just saying, like, because you're going to be crucified, but it's also because you're going to be abandoned. You're going to feel the abandonment. You're going to feel like God forsaken. You're going to feel people forsaken. Um when you take up the concepts of grace, you start forgiving people that people don't think deserve forgiveness. People want an asterisk on forgiveness. I honestly don't think that my popularity with my speaking and stuff so much died down because of what I did for the LGBTQ community. Um, I think, I think, uh, 
I think a lot of it came with because I just speak so much about grace. And I start, started, you start showing grace to the wrong people. People get upset. But I, I think what I learned from Dr. King's teachings is that everyone is a victim. Even those who are making us victims are victims and trying to express the truth to them. And it's speaking truth to power. I get that. But this idea of, of hoping that there is restoration or that there's um, repentance and repentance always seems like a scary word, but the repentance of there's a change. There's a different idea. And also trying to learn to love people even when there isn't repentance there is a really tough one, but it also can take time, so much time. And um, that, that's why Paul always said, you know, I, 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 you know I, 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 I run the race and I try to run the race well. Because for, for Paul, the race meant a continuous movement through life, continuously going through the world, continuously living and trying to do well as we go through it. And um, because it, it's over time, things change, people change, things get complex, things are tough to deal with. So we continue to move through um, through life. And um, sometimes we're behind, sometimes we're ahead. Um, but we do this, and, and it's such a complex way of, of, of how we love, how we care about others, where we stand at times, and what we do. So I don't know. I, I guess today my plea is like, How do we love our neighbor as ourselves? How do, we, how do we become beautifully disillusioned with the system that has been set in front of us and be honest with each other, you know? And um, I think by admitting our disappointments with our own political parties and things like that to others allows them allows others to feel safe around us and maybe allows them to, to express their own disillusionment with their politics as well and um, may start better conversations. I guess this is what happens when you spend too much time on social media as well. You know, you just see such division all the time that it just it's kind of feels heartbreaking. And then the fact that they have these like, you know, the, the, the social media is just basically feeding us everything that we want to hear, you know, that we're constantly being bombarded with news stories that we agree with. And, um, and that, you know, the idea that we're, you know, constantly trying to pump us up rather than, you know, you know, you should read books that you don't agree with, you know, to see if maybe you're wrong. <laughs> and, um, the, our, our addictions to social media have kind of given us this, this, those things are built up to give us, this rush of, of, of being affirmed, constantly affirmed and our belief systems constantly affirmed and our ideas and thoughts constantly affirmed, you know? Um, and I, we thought, you know, it was bad enough with, with, you know, Fox and CNN, you know, and now it's like, now we just get this like tailored system that, that big, that the, the big tech gives us. And we all are kind of slaves to big tech. You know, I kind of miss the days where I had to go and put flyers out at every, every place around, around town in order to promote the church. You know, now it's like, if I don't have, if I'm not online and supporting these billionaires and working on their, you know, 
it's like, God, we all are just in this system and part of it. And like, how do we become truly like, how do we die to our flesh? I mean, that thinks about it. When you think about dying to your flesh, I mean, what most of us are raised told like, you know, don't lust and don't masturbate and don't listen to rock and roll and don't go to rated R movies because that's the flesh. You know, it's like, no, that's not the flesh. You know, I mean, I guess some of that stuff is self-gratifying, but how do we die to the system, you know, this this system that just continuously tells us that we're okay and everybody else is bad? Anyhow, I think I took too much, uh, too much nicotine mint. I'm all excited and going on this rant. Um, but I really hope that we can find a way to love others well and to love each other well and to have better conversations. And that maybe as, 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 you know, maybe it, when we see people scapegoating, we say something. Maybe it's time that we start speaking out to people on our own behalf. Um, on, on, you know, on the behalf of others and, and say, Hey, you know, maybe all, maybe all police, pe- police officers aren't horrible, but there are a lot that are, but maybe they're not all bad. Or maybe this, this salvation doesn't lie within the political system. And, uh, maybe we can find a way, a better way to love others and, uh, and live life well, live life, live a, a transparent life and live a life, uh, of, of, of being uncomfortably honest with each other and not mean, not like love the sinner, hate the sin. So you're like, I'm going to, I love you. So I'm going to tell you how horrible you are. No, it's just say, you know, I love you and I understand where you're coming from, but this might be doing us more harm than good. So, I don't know. I've just never been a fan of division, and I grew up so much seeing this um, division in the church and, and watching my own family scapegoated as well. Like, I'll give you one personal example that I noticed last night, and then we'll maybe I'll try to see if there's any comments to read here. But um, it's it's harder without Caleb here because he usually has a computer and can read the comments. I have to go through this, but. Like last night, I, I I saw some things about um, Jerry Falwell Jr. and the fact that like he's being sued by Liberty University, and they told him he's not allowed to come on campus. And for a lot of us who've protested people like Liberty University for LGBTQ rights, we know that we are would be arrested if we walk onto the campus. So there's a bit of irony there. Um. But also, as a kid, I remember when Jerry Falwell took over my father's ministry, senior, you know, our family was not welcome back at our church. And um, there was no severance pay or anything like that. It was just done. Our lives were done. And so there's irony in that. And it, I even have to struggle with the fact of not celebrating that I feel like they're getting what they deserve because of what I got, you know. It, it, it's in my nature to want to celebrate and my human nature to want to be like, see, it might have taken 30 years, but the truth is there, you know? Um, but for me and what I've chosen, my, my vocation that I've chosen, it's, it, for me, it's not about, I, I feel like I have not been called to celebrate that. I have not been called to celebrate others' failures. Um, I have not been called to find saviors in humanity. You know, I've been called to, to live life on life's terms and live in reality of life and to love people and try to love people well and, and disagree with people, but disagree well 
and argue with others and argue well, but maybe not necessarily um, celebrate the downfalls of others. Because I know what it's like when people celebrate the downfall of your family and the downfall of your loved ones. And it's not easy, and it's very complex. And you see people try to work that stuff out. And unfortunately, we, we usually don't want to go very deep, and we don't want to add a lot of critical thinking to those situations. We, we, we usually like to keep it pretty simple. Um, unfortunately, so many people are hurt in that process. And so many communities are divided. And uh, it is as though we have forgotten to communicate and we've forgotten how to uh, to say, by the grace of God, go there go I. You know what I mean? Like, that could be me, you know? Um, that could easily be me. That's one of the things I loved about the 12-step program is that when someone went out and, and, and used or drank or something like that, you know, it was always the reminder of that could be me, you know? So what am I going to do is I'm going to help this person. I'm not going to tell this person I told you so or that they were not doing the program like I thought they should do, you know? But I'm going to try to experience, share my experience, strength, and hope with them as they come through that, you know, and actually might learn something from them as well for my own well-being. Um, I always really appreciate the, the AA. I think AA has set a really great example of where the church could be. And there's a lot of communities that have added that into their, their church model. And, man, I would love to see more of that. And I think that's what we've tried to do here is, um, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I don't have the answers today, folks. I just wanted to share my frustrations with you and um, encourage you all to um, just try to love each other well, try to use your critical thinking well, and, and, and think about the words of Christ and think about the words of Paul, you know, uh, about what it really is to love others. And to not let scapegoating become a way of life. You know, we all fall short, you know. But in gracious kindness, God declares us not guilty. You know, that's what it says in Romans. And it's like, just kind of staying in that moment where we all fall short. You know, I'm, I'm really able to empathize a lot more with some of my, my more, my conservative friends when I realize that a lot of them are just being bombarded with one side, you know? And so for me, it's like, well, then maybe I'll try to talk to them about the other side, but in a graceful, loving way. Because I really do believe in community. And I do believe there's hope in this world. But that, I mean, it's why I study philosophy even, why I've had to go deeper. You know, I'm like, okay, there's not even enough here in my Bible. I, I'm going to start studying philosophy. And philosophy has even led me into another way of like, how do we live well and help others live well? You know, like these are the answers, these life questions, these, these, why are we here? You know, and my purpose and my sense is, is, is to help others live well and to live well as well. You know, and, and life is so full of pain and struggles that to share those with others and help them get there and, and not blame others for everything that's bad that's happened. There's a, I mean, a lot of us are victims of Christianity. A lot of us are victims of politics. A lot of us are victims of racism and sexism and different things like that. Um, but how do we transfer our hurt into some sort of maybe hope? 
to, to stop the process, to stop the thing that where it just continuously repeats itself over and over again. I think it was Hegel that said the one thing that we learn from history is that we don't learn anything from history. And uh, that, that breaks my heart, man. Um, there, there, was, there was more reasons for having Steve on here than just the fact that he was interviewed by my mother in 85 and that he survived AIDS, that he's still here. There was more reasons by that. The, one of the main reasons when I, I really wanted to have him here was because I wanted people to remember what it was like for gay men in the 80s, you know, um, what they went through and where they, what they had to go through and what they had to suffer through and realize that there's so much we could learn from, from them as well, you know, because as the world becomes more diverse, we sometimes try to normalize certain groups and say, well, they're, they, they've, look how good they've got it, but we forget where, how they got to where they were, you know? And, um, and, and I, I think we can learn so much from people who've been through hell and back as we continue to grow and realize that we're not the first generation or we're not the first group of people who've been rejected by others or have been rejected by the church, you know? And there's a lot of us who felt that pain and went through that hell and went through that torture and still came on the other side and said, I still think there's something to this Christianity. I still think there's something to this Jesus story. I still think there's something there worth sharing with others. And what I'm talking about today is I feel like that's what it is. So I hope I haven't confused you guys with a rant. I feel bad when I come in and don't have all my stuff lined up for you. Um, but I was just feeling this really, really tough today, so I had to get it off my chest. And I'm grateful that you're all here to listen to my to the rantings of a madman um, who really loves grace and really appreciates all of you. And uh, can't tell you how much you all encourage me as well. Um, Heather, who, who's a member of the congregation, shared some stuff about revolution on Twitter. And, man, it was just like life-giving to me, you know, knowing that someone is finding hope through this. And she's been through hell in her life and um, survived things that I don't know if I could survive, honestly. And to know that that... I'm able to do that and help that and that you guys are all here and we're helping that, helping people survive and move forward and live life even when life doesn't feel worth living is, is a pretty amazing gift to have. So I'm grateful for that. Um, it's so funny. When I was a kid, I used to hate it when I was first started speaking and people would be like, oh, I loved your talk. You really shared your heart. You know, I, I used to hate that because it made me feel like, oh, that wasn't a good talk. So they just thought I got up there and shared my heart. But I can tell you what, today was just me sharing my heart with you guys. And uh, sometimes that's what you have to do as a pastor. Sometimes you don't have your shit together. Um, but sometimes you know where your heart is, and you have to put that out there for everybody else to expect. Uh, inspect, not expect, but inspect and see, to see that we're on maybe on a similar page. So love each other, take care of each other. Um,
Yeah. Oh, somebody here. I, I'm reading, doing a little afterglow right now, just reading some questions and comments. And someone said lesbians too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, what I think the lesbian community has done for the church is amazing. Um, I don't, I don't think we realize how much the lesbians and, 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 and gay men and, and, and transgender people have been a part of the church community for hundreds of years and how much they've added to our church. And, um, everybody's stories are different. And definitely we hopefully get some different people from different backgrounds and perspectives to come in here and share it with us. Um, <clears throat> Chrissy wrote, um, I lost a lot of people who I loved and thought loved me when I truly started pressing into the practice of grace and unconditional love and acceptance for everyone. It really is amazing when you start to look into these things and, and follow these things, the people who kind of get uncomfortable. Um, and uh, Jim here says, grace is pretty divisive for folks who don't get it. And that's true. I mean, damn, that's true. And, and, and that's the thing to remember as well. You know, they don't get it. They might not understand it. And it's like, how do we better communicate the concepts of grace and the ideas of grace and why we practice it? Because honestly, it seems, it seems like a fool's errand at times. You know, it seems like even for a lot of people, like winking at, at dysfunction and, and letting people get away with evil. And how do we make it clear that they go, that's not what we're trying to do. Um, but we're trying to offer accountability that has grace within it because I don't think we can really be accountable without that. Um, but still have accountability within it. You know, how do we do that? And how do we practice that? And that's hopefully things that we talk about here at Revolution and, uh, and, and try to move that forward. Um, Miguel says, we can make each one on our own little corner of the world make a difference. And it's true, you know, I, that's what I love about this. I, I've given up the idea of trying to change the world. What I want to do is just use this little corner here on Facebook and, and, and YouTube and on, online on our podcasts is just saying the few people who listen is hopefully giving them a little bit of hope and making a little bit of a difference in their life and encouraging them. Because I really believe it's the folks who are listening and watching that are going to change the world, not me. I'm just here to help you think critically and think well. That's all I want to do anymore is just help people think a little bit differently and, and, um, and take the lessons I've learned in life and what I've learned through literature and, and studying and friendships and, and my own life experiences and just share that hope, experience, and strength with you. And because um, there's so much I've learned from all you guys. I mean, you know, when, when you sit down with someone who's lost a child and they tell you how much you've affected their life and given them hope, you go like, I, I can't even grasp that. And, and it's like it's returned a hundred times fold because all of a sudden you're going like, well, if they can make it, then, then maybe I can make it. You know what I mean? Like if they're saying the tools I have of helping them make it, then maybe these tools can even go further than I even grasped, you know? So, uh, Jim also said, accept yourself as accepted. And you know, that's Tillich, man. And we're going to do a Tillich teaching soon. And I'll let you guys know when we're going to do that. We'll do that separately out of this. We're going to do some revolution classes. Um, Someone said, you do so much, you were meant to have the day off. I, You know, Thomas, I know that, but 
I took the day off last week, so I felt like I should bring up some other stuff. It is funny being like a full-time parent, single parent, or like a 50%, 60% full-time parent. Um, how exhausting that really is. And then trying to add like normal life in there and then reading and studying and all these things. It, it's tough. Um, but the gr- great thing is, 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 is with, with what we do is that you can listen or not listen. So sometimes I just want to jump in for some of you folks who feel like this is kind of a, a hopeful moment in the day and just be like, all right, here we are, human beings, you know, and, and it shows you we're all humans. We're all trying to work this thing out and it's not perfect. None of us is perfect, you know, and, and there's times where we're tired and exhausted and I'm tired and exhausted. Yeah, definitely worn out and, uh, trying my best to work that out. But luckily I'm able to talk with you guys and work it out. We're working out together. And just trust me, I will take a very long nap after this. So I promise you that. Um, well, there you go. I, I think that's, that's, that's it. I see Caleb there. Hey buddy. Um, so, all right. Well, love each other. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully next week I'll have you talking about Hegel's concept of, uh, what Christ meant when he said, I've come to, uh, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because I've had a lot of questions about that and, and speaking on that in the past. I've had a lot of people question me and, um, my thoughts on it haven't always been completely satisfying. So maybe this guy Hegel uh, has some satisfying thoughts on that concept. And I do have an idea about it. So, um, especially with, some things that Paul have said too, now that I've read Hegel's thoughts on it, it's really kind of, so I just want to give you the best, best of that when I, when I do it. So take it seriously. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening today and, um, see you next week. Same revolution time, same revolution channel. Be safe. Bye. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.